Hello, I'm Karina Jane and welcome to The Real Womanhood Life, a podcast of real and raw conversations with women chatting about the ups and downs of life and finding the beauty within it all. Hello and welcome to episode three. What the heck? It still blows me away that I actually have my own podcast and I am just so stoked with the feedback and, um, you know, like people stopping me in the street. I'm still blown away with that. Like it just, it doesn't seem real, but I tell you what, it just feels a hundred percent right. So today I actually wanted to chat about my, uh, anniversary as such. So, um, this December is the first December in three years that I haven't actually been in hospital. So um, December back in uh, 2019, um, I got diagnosed with um, PTSD uh, towards the end of November. And that was after like a four month period of going to my GP. We'd sent off referrals to psychologists and psychiatrists trying to find someone that could help me because I just I wasn't well, you know, like I didn't want to be alive anymore. I didn't want to be on this earth anymore. I didn't feel like that I was worthy of being here. Um, And I honestly felt like so deep within me, deep within my bones that my family was so much better off if I wasn't alive. Yeah. Pretty shit consuming feeling, right? And I suppose unless you've really felt that and being within that deep mental space, you're not going to understand. And I don't expect you to understand, but what I just would love is an understanding of that at any stage, anyone that is in that same position that I was in, that you just understand that we're literally just doing the best that we possibly can at any given time. Anyway, that got really heavy really quickly. Um, but that's what I mean, like mental health is that. So um, I managed to end up finding a psychiatrist um, and I remember the week before I had this phone call with a psychiatrist, my GP was like, look, maybe you're just really burnt out. Like maybe it's not depression, maybe it's not anxiety, maybe you're just really burnt out. And I was like, seriously? And this was after like I'd just spent um, – three weeks going back and forth to Perth. I just remember, so like within this like four month period, um, I'd gone to my GP and I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm not well. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, I'll let you leave this room so long as you promise me that you won't do anything stupid. Otherwise I'm going to call you mum. <laughs> and I've got that relationship with my GP and my family that he would do that if that's what was needed. Um, and so within that period, I thought, okay, um, my family still didn't know that I was really this unwell. And eventually this like one day my mum's rung and she's like, I need you to come over here. And I was like, crap, crap. And it was the same day that I was like that night was going to be the night that I was going to leave. And um, she goes, you need to tell me what's wrong. And I'm like, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. 
And she's like, you need to tell me what is wrong. And I just thought it's now or never. And so that's when I burst into tears and I said to my family, like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. My husband had no idea. Like literally it was just me and my GP. Like I hadn't told anyone else. I had friends that were going through really rough times and all of that. And it's like when you're such an empathetic, caring person, you tend to put everyone else first. And I think that's where sometimes it can really get you in the shit because when you're in such a um, really bad mental state, that's where I had the belief of like, Everyone's just better off without me because I'm one less thing they need to worry about. And, of course, now being well and all of the rest of it, like my family were like, don't be so stupid. Like we need you. We want you to be here. And from that, like, you know, obviously there was a fair bit of like mess and stuff that needed to happen and to be cleaned up and um. I needed help with my children. I needed help with work. I needed help with home. Like I needed help everywhere. I needed the support because I just wasn't functioning. And um, probably about three or four days after I'd had this conversation with my family, I was like, we'd finally got the appointment for the psychiatrist. Like finally, four months later, I had a psychiatrist email my GP and say, yep, I'll see Karina. That's fine. Let's do a Skype consult. And this, like, this week I was like, oh, cool, I've got my psychiatrist appointment. Well, turns out that I had the wrong date and my psychiatrist appointment wasn't for two weeks after. And I just said to my family, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't sit around waiting. So I flew to Perth and I went and saw a naturopath. I had all of these blood tests done. I was seeing um, a holistic GP. I was seeing a hypnotherapist who was a psychologist, like, And I went and had kinesiology sessions. I had Bowen sessions. Like I did all of the natural things that you possibly could do to try and find out what was going on with my body. Maybe it was a hormone imbalance. Maybe it was I had an underlying thyroid problem or something like that. Like we just went through everything. And so I remember I had all of these tests done. I flew home for a couple of days and then went back to Perth, had more tests done, had more hypnosis done, had more therapy done. And don't get me wrong, like those things definitely helped. They definitely helped me, but there was still an underlying problem that we didn't really know what it was until we spoke to the psychiatrist. And so I had, like, I've got photos and stuff of like me in and out of Perth over these three weeks, like, and it was it was crazy. And then when I finally got this phone call from this psychiatrist, I was sitting at my GP's office And I love my GP, like he's just such a genuinely nice, caring person. I have known him most of my life and I was so grateful for him and his support this day because I was sitting there in the office with him and we're on the phone to this, like on a Skype call to this psychiatrist who we'd never met, no idea, and she's like, you know, tell me a bit about you, tell me what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And within 20 minutes she was like, you have PTSD. And I was like, I can't have PTSD. Like I haven't been to war. I haven't done anything. And she's like, no, no, no. What happens with PTSD is um, basically once you have this trauma, it is held within your body. And so then your body then 
Oh, hi, Austin. What are you doing, Bobby? Have you had some breakfast? Can you go have some? No? What do you want to do? Oh, no. You don't know. Today's Wednesday. I don't have to iron your uniforms today, do I? Because sports day? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so with PTSD and with trauma, what happens is every time something traumatic happens, your body stores that within its cells. And so then when you go to, when you're faced with a situation like that again, your body will respond the same way that it would have in that first place. And so every time something happens, your body is in that fight or flight response before the situation unfolds. So it might be you've like, and for me, it was like I used to get phone calls going, you have an X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And so then every time someone would call, I'd have this traumatic like anxiety response Um before I'd even answered the phone and I had no idea what the phone call was about. So every time something was happening, I was responding in this like, holy shit, this is the end of the world. Things are going to end terribly. And that just wasn't the case, but that's what, that's, that's PTSD, right? When you see like a war veteran, I remember this guy when I was in hospital, he had been to war and he had to sit in the corner of a room being able to see like whoever was coming in the door, being able to see like everyone around him. He had to be able to see the whole entire room because he didn't know what was coming for him. And that's exactly what it was like for me. And it's, I can say now, like it's definitely not like that anymore, but that's what I mean. I'm like two years on, two years on into this journey. And so um, what happened was we tried a lot of different medications and when I was speaking to the psychiatrist, she said, look, I would really love for you to come to Perth, come and spend some time in hospital and we can sort out your medication and we can get you started on some therapy. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't leave my family. And my GP just like, I remember him holding onto my arm and just saying, we can do this. You can do this. We can do this together. So I remember leaving the GP's office and I was bawling my eyes out and thankfully he let me out the back door and I went straight to my family and I just burst into tears and I was like, they want me in hospital. I need to go to hospital. Like, this is what I need. I don't want to do it. Um, And they, it was really good because my family were like, okay, like, let's just have a couple of days at home, chilling out. Like we had planned to go to Kalgoorlie for Speedway that weekend um, let's do that. And then you can fly out on Monday. And I did. And I had, uh, 12 days in Perth, um, at this amazing facility. And it was so good. Uh, I had to withdraw off of some medication that I was already on to go on to more medication. So that withdrawal process was not fun. Um, we did like a lot of group therapy. So you'd go to these like group sessions um, in the mornings and talk through different things like boundaries and anger management and time management and sleeping better and exercise and like all of those like core fundamental things that we should be doing. But when you have a mental illness, you can't, your body doesn't function like that. And so kind of like after those 12 days, I'd managed to come off of one lot of medication tried two different medications, neither of them did any good. And then we finally settled on a third and it it was good. That's exactly what my body needed. And I came home 
Yeah. And oh. No, I came home and um I everyone was like, oh, stay home, like don't don't go to work, don't do this. And I was like, I cannot sit in my house at all. Like I need to go and do things. And I remember being at work, like at the shop and my brain just with the medication that I was on, like they were quite sedative medications and I was trying to serve customers, but my brain just wouldn't function. And so I just remember being like almost zombie-like. It wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable at all. Um, but after a few weeks, I think it took three or four weeks and then things kind of settled. Hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Oh, Hanishke. Oh, you did. Well, why don't you go find the rest of them and put them all away? Good job. <laughs> um, gosh, it is tricky talking about these kind of things when the kids are around, but I want them to know that this is normal, that having these struggles is normal. Um, so, yeah, we came home and this was December and then in January some smart chook fell pregnant. Um, which was really exciting, really unexpected. Um, and then when I went to Perth in February for a checkup with my psychiatrist, so I was probably about six weeks in, she goes, I told her and she was just like, oh, my gosh, re- like dumbfounded almost. She was like, okay, all right, cool. She goes, you do realise that the medication that you're on can cause um, like a, a medical abortion? And I was like, What? No, like, no. And and she goes, not always. Like this, that's, you know, like worst case scenario, but, you know, things can be fine. And I just thought, crap. And I was like, no, no, it'll be fine. Like, I'll be fine. And so she said, look, have a scan next week when you're about seven weeks and we'll go from there. So that was on the Tuesday. And then I had the scan the Monday morning. Everything is fine. Um, The guy's like, oh, yeah, I can see it there. Um, it's still small, like still early days, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, cool. Everything looks fine. And then at about 2.30, I remember 2.30 that afternoon, I went to the toilet and I was bleeding and we lost the baby. Um, and that just was, yeah, I think, um, having a miscarriage takes away all the innocence of, um, pregnancy and the excitement of it and so with that what happened was um, I had a few days at home I didn't cope with it mentally well at all Um, as I expect most people don't Um, but I like speaking from myself and like my journey I remember being in the bathroom one morning and it was like full-on and I just was crying my husband going like I feel like I'm in labor, like the cramps were so intense and I was on the floor of the shower and I was just like, I'm not well, I'm not well, my head's not well, I I can't be here anymore, I just can't do this. And so my mom and my dad came over and my stepmom came over, my stepdad and Jared's like bundled me up and take me to the hospital. And this is an experience that I will never forget and the thing that pisses me off with the medical system so much was this particular nurse? I said to her, she goes, What are you, what are you, what are you here for? And I said, Well, I'm having a miscarriage. And she goes, Yeah, well, 
I said, well, I'm, I'm just not coping. I'm not handling it very well. And I told her, well, she's like, well, like, what's your problem? And I, I, you know, had to explain to her, like, I've got PTSD, anxiety, depression, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, okay. And she goes, all right, well, we'll put you just under like mental health. Um, and I was like, are you kidding me? So this like bitch of a nurse was judging me <laughs> because I had these mental health issues and because of the situation that I was in. And I was like, no, this is not okay. And the thing that made me feel so much better was obviously um, a, a friend of mine who is a nurse was on shift like a little bit later in the morning when she came in, she just sat there with me and we cried and she cuddled me. And then the doctor came in and he was just so kind about the whole thing. And he said, look, this is what we'll do. Okay. And it was like, we need more people like that in the world, in the medical world. Like we need people that genuinely care instead of those that just don't give a shit. And it sucks that there are those people that are like that, but you know, and again, this is my experience. That's what I went through. And so then, um, all at this time, Jared decided that he would go and start his own business. And, um, the two weeks beforehand, he'd been away working and, um, this was like straight after we'd had our miscarriage and everything was like, I think I was, I, I do this thing. This is like a coping mechanism for me where I actually disassociate. Yes, darling. Can, you make my Can I make your breakfast? Can I do it in a minute? Can I just finish the podcast? Yeah. All right. Can you go out and see what your brother's doing? Please. No. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I think what I might do, because otherwise it's going to be a super long podcast, is I might leave it there and um, tell you about my next hospital experience that happened, yeah, two weeks after we had our miscarriage. So, yay, mum life, real womanhood life. Um, thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. I am absolutely loving doing this and I'm loving sharing my story and I hope you are too. So if you're listening, um, leave a review tag me in your socials. I'm on Instagram at withlove.karinajane. And um, I look forward to sharing the next podcast with you um, shortly. Now, I, I remember that I actually said that the next podcast would be with my friend, um, but it just didn't happen. It's happening. But last week, it just didn't happen for us. I was smashed with work. And so, you know what? This is a thing. This is like what the podcast is about. The real womanhood life is that shit happens and we just go with it. So here you are, episode number three. Um, and I can't wait to share with you more of my story. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode of the Real Womanhood Life podcast. Honestly, I've said it so many times. I just love having you here. I love having these conversations. And if you love listening, make sure you leave a review. Uh, share my podcast in your socials. You can find me on Instagram at withlove.karinajane. I am just, yeah, in awe of this amazing community and all of the support and love that you've given me. So, till next time. <laughs>